Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. On Monday, we started a new series going back to the Old Testament to look at some of the women of the Bible. And we had a look at Eve. Now, I'd like to move up to our next woman of the Bible, Sarah, Abraham's wife. And turn over with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 12. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So, Abram lived in Ur of the Chaldeans, that southern Iraq of today, a little bit north of the Persian Gulf. So, I want you to leave there and go to the land I will show you. Well, what land might that be? Well, I'll let you know when you get there, said God. But he made a promise. God made a promise to Abraham, Abram at this point. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. That's the Abrahamic covenant. The, God, the covenant God makes with Abraham that through him, all people on earth will be blessed. This man, Abram, totally anonymous, living in, in Ur of the Chaldeans, my gosh, way off in southern Iraq. All people on earth will be blessed through you. Huh. Now what would you do if you were Abram? Well, Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So he's not a young man. Well, Abram will live for longer, but not that much longer. Uproot yourself. Leave to a place I will show you. Now, in the culture of the Middle East, then and now, you don't leave your family. His entire family is there. He's going to pick up and where are you going? I'm not sure. I'll know when I get there. How odd would that be? But Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai. Later, she'll be renamed Sarah. His nephew Lot and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. The land of Canaan, what we call today Israel or Palestine. Now Abram traveled all throughout the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem in the central mountain range. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and he said, To your offspring I will give this land. This is where I want you to be right here on the Mediterranean coast. From the coastline, across the coastal plain, eastward, to the central mountain range, to the Jordan Valley, to the eastern mountain range. All of this I give you, from Egypt all the way up to Syria of today, the land of Israel. 
So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Notice, he didn't know the Lord before. Abram was a pagan. His father, Terah, was a pagan. So this is quite, this is an introduction to God for Abram, but yet he obeys God. He builds an altar to him right there at the Central Mountain Range. So from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. He's again in the Central Mountain Range of Israel. And there he built an altar again to the Lord and called on the Lord's name. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. He headed south into the Negev, into the desert. Abram wasn't a mountain man. He liked the desert. He'll live in Beersheba. I've been to Beersheba many times. It's hot. Desert. Now, as he's there in the Negev, there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Now get that. He gets to the Negev. God had told him all the way from Ur of the Chaldeans, long trip. And now he's settled in the Negev. There's a famine and he heads for Egypt. Why Egypt? Well, it's close by in the south. Wouldn't take that long to get there. But Egypt is the breadbasket of the ancient world. The Nile River begins way south in Africa by Lake Victoria, and it flows north, almost 4,000 miles, one of the few rivers that flow north. And every year, from the mountains in Africa down north to the Mediterranean, the water's moving downhill. It's a huge river, and it empties out into the Mediterranean, forming the fertile Nile Valley. Every year, the Nile inundates in the springtime with the rains, it floods, and it brings all the silt and nutrients along the banks of the Nile. There's always food in Egypt. So there's a famine in the land. Where do you go? Egypt. Did he ask God about that? No, he didn't. He just went. And as he was about to enter Egypt, which was a fabulous civilization, we date Abraham, Abram, about 2000 BC, give or take. That was, that Egypt was the most fabulous nation on the face of the earth at the time. The pyramids, the pyramids in Egypt, we think of the three on the Giza Plateau, there were at least 120 of them, a lot of them not in very good condition, but at least 120 of them. But the, the step pyramid at Saqqara, the prototype for a real pyramid, was built in 2663 BC. So when Abraham got to Egypt and he got to the Giza Plateau and he stood by the great pyramid of Cheops and he and Sarai got their picture taken there, that was already half a millennium old, nearly a thousand years old. That was antiquity. Egypt was a fabulous place. And he knew, who's this guy Abram from Ur of the Chaldeans who lived in the Negev? Oh, he'd be eaten alive in Egypt. 
So he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. And when the Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is his wife. And then they'll kill me and take you. So here's my plan. Say that you're my sister so that I'll be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. I'm kind of uncomfortable with that. I'm afraid going to Egypt because in this patriarchal culture, if they see a beautiful woman who's married, they'll simply kill me and take you. But if you're my sister, they'll honor me. They'll give me gifts and I'll be safe. There's a wonderful painting by James Tussaud in the Jewish Museum in Brooklyn, New York of Abram and Sarai in the tent and Abram's explaining to her the plan. And you should see the look on Sarai's face. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in Abram here. He's pimping his wife. Well, when Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was indeed a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And sure enough, she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake. After all, he thought that's her brother, so he honors the brother. And Pharaoh gave Abram gifts. He acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maid servants, and camels. But now Sarai is in the harem of the Pharaoh. Well, the night is going to come when she's going to pay her dues. And it did indeed come. And we read in verse 17, But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Now, how do you get that information? I can imagine. Finally, Sarai is brought into the bedchambers of Pharaoh. One thing leads to another. She doesn't want to do it, but he's insistent. But nothing happens. He went looking for the Viagra. He couldn't find it. Huh. And finally, she confessed. I, I'm Abram's wife. So Pharaoh said, what have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? I, I, took, I, I took her to be my wife. Now, here, here's your wife. Get, get out of here. Take her and go away. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him away on his way with his wife and everything he had. So Pharaoh turns out to be a much more honorable man than Abram. And what was Sarai thinking this whole time? Was she being the obedient Near Eastern wife? Yes, my lord, I, I will go and sleep with the Pharaoh. I don't think so. 
We'll get to know Sarai a little bit better as we go. She's no pushover for anybody. I think she was part of the plan. I think she listened to Abram's plan. And she thought, this is going to be good. <laughs> Wait, oh, this will be good. Well, sure enough, it turns out that Abram acquires great wealth in Egypt and he and Sarai head back to the Negev. I don't know. If we stop the story right here, I think Abram and Sarai, they're not very admirable characters at all. Why in the world would God choose these two to bring forth offspring? Isaac, who brought forth Jacob, who brought forth 12 sons, who become the founders of the 12 tribes of Israel. Son number four, Judah, becomes the progenitor of Jesus. Why start with these two? Well, I guess there's something about it that's worthwhile. God doesn't choose perfect people. Because if he did, he wouldn't find anyone. God chose these two, Abram and Sarai. And yes, he made a covenant with Abram, the Abrahamic covenant. But the covenant involves Sarai too. If Abram's offspring, all people on earth will be blessed through them, then Sarai is half the equation. Now I suspect that we'll see character development in both Abram and Sarai as we continue exploring Sarai. Next time, that's exactly what we'll do. Until Friday, I'll see you then, folks. Bye-bye now.